Welcome to the latest episode of this unbelievable life. Today I have with me my dear friend, Carrie Aiken, and we're going to be talking about connection. So Carrie and I have been friends almost as long as I have lived here in Evansville. And our longtime connection starts with essentially we've been together since sorority days almost. We were actually in two separate sororities, but she was kind of adopted into my sorority alum club. And then also we had playdates together when the kids were little. So connection has always been a big deal for us. And she's going to tell us um, a story of how she is building deeper connections with women in our area. And Carrie, I'm going to let you take it from here. Well, thank you, Nikki. Thank you for inviting me to speak with you and to be on this podcast today. Uh, my name is Carrie Aiken, and um, I'm a finance officer, senior finance officer for a local government agency. And then I'm also president of Rotary. And um, I just wanted to talk a little bit about connection and about um, a group that I had started because of COVID that deals with mental health and everything. So um, previous to uh, COVID pre-pandemic, everybody was always asking me like, oh my gosh, you have such a busy schedule. You're, you know, I wouldn't either, I wouldn't want your schedule or, you know, you have an amazing life. You're always out doing something. You're always traveling. And actually what was happening is that was a coping skill for me to be constantly busy all the time. Because when you're busy, then you don't have to think. And you're just thinking about the next event you're going to, your logistics on how to get there. I'm also a single mom. So, you know, it was more like they had me busy as well, taking them and driving them places. And so they had their events to go to and I had mine. And in December of 2019, I literally had 34 Christmas events to go to in the beginning of December. And I kind of told myself, I'm going to set some boundaries. I'm only going to go to one Christmas event a day. So, um, and so whenever I tried to say no to certain um, events, when I had four events on one evening after a full day's work, um, I kind of got, I got, well, we just want you to show up, just come up, you know, just come up, even if it's only a half hour. And I do remember doing that and coming home and being exhausted and not feeling like I had a connection with anyone. I was just there just rushing about like, okay, I need to get to my next place. I need to get to my next place. Um, so anyway, I really felt like I was about ready to have a, a nervous breakdown or something. And then in no, or the end of February, beginning of March, um, I did have a much needed vacation. I went out to Arizona to visit one of my, um, one of my best friends. She works in mental health out there and we went to a Cubs spring training game. And, you know, she was telling me like, gosh, you really got to get this under control. And I'm like, but yeah, but if I'm by myself, then I'm going to actually have to think about, um, think about things and think about my feelings. And I don't think that I really even connected with myself. So then the pandemic comes around uh, just a couple of weeks later, all of a sudden there's no events to go to here. No events at all. All the public places are closed down. Um, it was 
I'm working from home all of a sudden. So, um, so anyway, it was a real shock to my system because all of a sudden I have all this time, um, you know, and I really wasn't sure what to do with that. Even with my work, I realized um, I was so much more productive at home because I wasn't getting all the all the distractions from work and people coming in my office and, and stuff like that. So, um, so that was a big change for me too. And it took about a month of that to finally um, be okay with, with all the changes and try to make it a positive thing. I, I got to spend a lot of time with my kids, which I was very thankful for. I had fiber, so I was thankful that we could all run our computers and systems at the same time. Um, I had just gotten a dog the end of 2016, so I got to spend a lot of time with my puppy, and and uh, we were taking family walks during during my lunch break and in the evenings and having movie night. And my oldest son. Um, turned 21 January of 2020. So poor guy couldn't go out and go to, you know, out to the bars like normal 21 year olds would. So my dad and I were, um, we were involved in the Evansville Bourbon Society. And I had this bourbon collection that I was like, it's a collection, we're not opening it. But my son was like, mom, you know, can we have, can we try one of your fancy bourbons for movie night? And, and it was then that I realized, like, you just can't save things for, you know, for, for a special occasion or whatever, you know, you should, you, you're not promised tomorrow or whatever. And we didn't, I wasn't really sure, you know, what was going on with the, the pandemic. And um, so then it was about June and we're still working from home, um, still no events really going on or anything. And I got a call from my cousin saying that one of my friends had shot himself. And I, I was really feeling guilty about this because he was a person who had recently broken up with somebody that he was engaged to. Um, I would see him out at Myriad and different um, local establishments that we were at like every other weekend when he didn't have his kids. And during like maybe six weeks into the pandemic, I, I was kind of thinking about him and I'm like, I wonder how he's handling this because I always felt like I was kind of his, uh, his listener, his ear for um, how to work through the things that he was going through. And I didn't take the time to, you know, check up on him, but I, I and I had a couple of little things where I should have listened to my intuition, just reached out to him. Um, so anyway, so that was really, really sad. And then a couple days later, I had another friend who was my age and he actually died of COVID um, in the hospital. And then I had two other friends that month that I, they were more acquaintances, but I had gone to elementary school with them and they both, um, they both had taken their lives. And, and I believe it was more because of social isolation. They also had some PTSD um, from being in the military, but, um, but it was really, really sad to me. And I, I really, um, I did a lot of research on mental health. I have most of my life. And I also sit on, um, on the 
International Board of Mental Health for, uh, for Rotary, for the Rotary Action Group. So I get to listen to a lot of experts and I was like, you know, this just is not a good thing. This is not good for people to be isolated and not have somebody they can contact. And, and then there's these fears going around, like, when is this going to be over? Are we going to, you know, there's false news going around on the, the internet and conspiracy theories and everything. Um, so after that June, it was July and I was like, you know, I really need to get out and it was okay to go to outdoor things. So, um, so farm 57, my good friend, uh, Stephanie Peckinpah that I had gone to school with, um, since elementary school, she has the big farm 57 with the food trucks and live music and because it was outdoors and it's on a huge, um, space, she was able to have that. And I had ran into a couple of my girlfriends out there. And so on Wednesday nights, we did that for about a month. And then, um, then a lot, what you saw was a lot of the restaurants started having patio seating outside. So, um, so we were talking about, well, you know, we really need to support these local businesses. And that's another thing that I had, it was on my mind when everything shut down because I was so used to eating out every single day and not making my own food. And then all of a sudden I have to make my own food every day. And, you know, I get one trip to Costco or whatever. And, and I, I was worried about the business owners. I was worried about the restaurants, you know, not doing well. So, um, so I think it was August 6th was our first kind of official dinner where we sat down. It was my friend Gretchen Ross, who had just moved back to Evansville, my friend Mary Elizabeth, and we went to Amy's on Franklin and sat on their outdoor patio and, and had dinner. And then um, Gretchen was like, let's start thinking of all the places that have patios because I really need to be around people. So within a month, um, we had done that every Thursday. And then by September, the first week of September, we had six of us that were joining together. And towards the end, um, our group just kept growing and growing by the end of the year. And we, we would bring in um, people who had mostly single, it was all women. So it was um, some of them, you've heard of the, there's a lot of people that they call it the COVID divorce or whatever. So they got divorced over COVID because they, you know, maybe they realized that they didn't have as much in common with their spouses or, you know, if there's job loss or anything like that, there's a lot of stressors there that caused that. So, um, so we were taking in a lot of, we were bringing in friends that had gone through divorce. We brought in people who had just moved here to the community, um, that needed support and everything. So, so that's what we started with. And um, anyway, it just grew from there. We did have to kind of put a cap on it um, because it was getting so big. At one point we had 30 people in our group and trying to make reservations <laughs> is, is kind of, you're limited. And, and the, our goal was to go to support local restaurants in the tri-state area and give them, um, you know, give them some publicity. And a lot of these places were doing carry out and 
that was our main goal. So, so we kind of bumped it down to about 20. There's 20 in our group and there's about 12 that seem to randomly show up, 10 to 12 that are all, that always show up um, every Thursday. And the business owners here have, had been amazing because once it started getting cold and we couldn't sit outside anymore, they were giving us their big, huge party rooms at no cost. And um, I mean, we still paid for our dinner and everything, but we were just in a private, in a large private space to have dinner. And, you know, we take pictures of our food and, you know, post it on Facebook, like, hey, you know, maybe you should, if you're hungry for Italian, go order from, from these people. And um, so that's, that's how it started out. And it just got, um, it ended up being kind of a bucket list group as well, because we had so many people, we do visioning in January and, and we do vision boards and stuff like that. And um, like, so this is really cool because on my vision board, I wanted to do a podcast or be on a podcast. So, so you've uh, marked one thing off of my, my list. And, um, you know, last year our group went to, uh, we went to Vegas we did a girl's trip. Um, we did two of them to Chicago on the train because it was a bucket list of several of them to take the train up to Chicago. Um, two of them now, their goal this year is to get their passports. And then um, we're hoping to go to Greece or someplace next year um, so they can get stamps on there. And, and we've, done, um, we've done so many different things like that. And it's, it's like if somebody wants to go out on a weekend and they don't know who to, they'll, they'll call the whole group or they'll ask certain people or if they just need to talk we have we have another girl in our group who just you know she needs well several of them that just need to talk and just need to have that that phone call that I feel like we don't really have anymore since we have messenger and and texting and everything so um so it's great it's it's really created a nice bond we celebrate everyone's birthday so if it's your birthday you get to pick the restaurant um for that week and just to give you some statistics uh when we when we started from the time we started until the end of last year we had visited 118 restaurants. Those are just our Thursday night restaurants. Out of that 118, 87 of them were unique. So we made it to 87 different restaurants here. And um, in, and we have a, we, our list is huge. So we still have so many to try out in everything. And just, I have to, I was on the, social media today, or I was on, um, it's called loneliness in, or lo it's the loneliness, um, root of loneliness.com. And one of the stats they had, it said single or not 57% of Americans report eating all meals alone. So, um, so that's really frightening to me. Um, another stat I, I found, this is by Cigna Corporation from December 13th through the 19th of 2021, 
it said 79% um, of adults aged 18 to 24 report feeling lonely. That's four out of five people. And 41% of seniors aged 66 and older had felt that way. So, um, so that was interesting to me. And then also I had some other, um, and it shows that it's very COVID or pandemic uh, focused because prior to the pandemic, millennials were 24.3% um, lonely and Gen Xers, which is what I am, was 16.6%, which were kind of the independent generation. I feel like we were the ones left at home while our, our parents worked and stuff. So after, so during COVID, um, that number of 24.3% jumped to 61.8% for millennials. And for Gen X, it jumped from 16.6% to 53.6%. And then even the boomers um, increased as well because they were 15.7% and now it's 50.8%. So, um, so it's just really great to be able to have our, I mean, it's, great to have this support system in place um, for these women. And, and like I said, Thursday nights, you know, it's, it's only girls, it's only girls and until 8 p.m. if they wanna invite, you know, their boyfriend or whoever, that's, that's fine. That has to be after 8 p.m. or weekends, you know, it's, it's fine too. And I just wanted to read a quote from one of the girls in our um, group. She said, she said, I would just want to say that having a close friend group that you keep up with consistently, like ours, for example, can definitely boost your state of mental health in a way that increases your confidence and decreases your anxiety on how you are looked at in a social setting. At least it definitely has for me. And I've worked around people all my life in the medical field. So a huge benefit for me. And I'm, and she said, and I'm fine with using my name and, and her name's Diana Cherry. So she's, um, you know, she's, I always say you get what you put into things and, and she's one of our regulars that she's there at least 75 to to 90 percent of the time for our dinners and in our events so so it's just you know we're just trying to make a difference and and the last thing I want to hit on is I did start um, an Instagram page finally it's called Blonde Mafia Eats. So it's Blonde Mafia underscore eats. And right now I have 35 posts on there and they are from different restaurants in the tri-state area. My goal is that people use it as kind of a visual. So if you're going out to dinner and somebody says, well, where do you want to go out for dinner? And they say, I don't know. We'll go to my page, see what looks good and see where it's at. You know, um, like I said, we have, we've gone to 87 different unique restaurants. So I still have a lot more posting to do. And just to let you know, our photos, 90% of them I have taken the other 10%, the girls have taken. So, um, so it's not like we're taking them off of, you know, the places website, this is real. This is how it was presented to us. This is what the atmosphere looks like. And I did it on an Insta, <laughs> on an Insta 
setting because I don't want people, I, I will say we had amazing service at every single restaurant we've gone to. And, you know, I don't want it to be a commentary where people start saying, oh, I, you know, have anything negative. I just want it to be factual. This is, you know, I hope this looks good. I hope this entices you. You you want some loaded fries today? Well, you know, check this out. So, um, so that's so that was kind of the the last part of my um, of my my little talk here on on that. So I I really encourage everyone that if you don't you know make those connections. It's so important to have an in-person supportive network and have somebody, you know, you can call if you, if you need something. So, um, you know, the mental health is, is really important. So, yep. And thank you so much, Nikki, for having me on. I know you've been one of my, uh, one of my role models for the past 20 years. So, uh, so I always felt like you, I'm like, I don't know where she gets all of her time to do all of her stuff. So, so which is awesome. So. Carrie, that is absolutely fabulous. And I am so glad that you were able to share that with us. Um, if anyone has any questions about setting up their own women's group, men's group, any group to form those kind of connections, feel free to message me and I will put you in touch with Carrie. Um, Carrie has certainly led an unbelievable life. And like I, I've said before, um, I truly believe in the power of connection. And I am so grateful to have Carrie in my life. She is just one of those extraordinary human beings that I am so lucky to have in my life. With that said, thank you guys so much for listening today. And I hope that you guys have a blessed and wonderful rest of the day.